What's up, everyone? Welcome into Locked On Jayhawks. I'm Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Quick turnaround today, but not as quick as it'll be tomorrow should the Jayhawks pick up a victory tonight over BYU. Kansas, of course, defeated Chaminade and the quarterfinals of the Maui Invitational last night. Final score was KU 93 and Chaminade 63. During this show, we're going to take a look back at last night's game, go through some of the stats, what everybody kind of expected, a dominant performance on the part of the Jayhawks, even though it was kind of a slow start. And then the second segment, we'll hear from Bill Self and KU players. And then the final segment, we'll take a deeper dive on tonight's opponent, BYU. That game is at 9.30 Central Time, so kind of a late one tonight. You're going to have to stay up late, make sure you catch our Jayhawks. And then, as I said, should it be a Jayhawk victory again, it'll be an even quicker turnaround. And the opponent Wednesday, if Kansas wins, will not be Michigan State. We'll talk about that as well next segment. Okay, so this game started with the Silver Swords. I actually, I'm pretty good about knowing mascots, but I did not remember Chaminade, so I had to look them up earlier this week. But Chaminade, the Silver Swords, actually got up 5 nothing in a game that Kansas, I believe, closed at 35-point favorites. KU was a little bit, I don't, know, I don't know if it was jittery, nerves, or what, but they were just sloppy early. Marcus Garrett had a couple nice takes that eventually tied this game at 7, and then KU essentially put the game away just like that. It's a good thing about Marcus Garrett, in my mind, is he, he does a little bit of everything. We'll get to the box score a little bit later, but he also, to me, has this innate way of knowing when the offense breaks down, when he needs to go to the cup and get a basket or get fouled, and he did that on a couple different occasions, cutting the KU 7-3 deficit to 7-5, and then cutting that to the 7-7 tie, and that sparked... Kansas, Ochai Abaji, Devon Dotson, Isaiah Moss all hit shots, and it was a 17-0 KU run that made it 20-7 in favor of the Jayhawks. Chaminade didn't necessarily go away immediately. They put together a 7-0 run a little bit later to make it 27-17, but then the Jayhawks got back to their ways. Isaiah Moss hit another three. He had three on the night. I have in my notes from the game last night, Moss 3, bad offense, and I think that's kind of what Bill Self was talking about. It was a possession where Kansas was trying to run their stuff and wasn't having a lot of success, so eventually it got to a point where they just had to shoot, and Bill Self has said so many times in the past, the thing about Isaiah is he's a guy who you can run bad offense and then come away with three points because of his ability to hit shots, and that was the situation on that particular possession, and of course it's been the situation uh, many times for Moss already this season. 30-17 to 17 after Moss's three, and then Ochai Abaji came alive. This is a guy who struggled a little bit the last couple of games, 0 of 9 from 3. He had that phenomenal dunk in transition. You know, I didn't even see the ball. I, I'm shocked it didn't get blocked because he had three silver sword players going up to block the shot, but Ochai somehow threaded the needle, needle between all of them and was able to throw it down with a two-hand slam in transition. And that was piggybacked by a couple Ochai threes that made it 41-22. to The score at halftime was 47-27 in favor of Kansas. Devon Dotson led the way with 14 points. Abaji had the 11, including the 8 in a row. Kansas had 24 points off Chaminade, 16 turnovers. 
Chaminade looked like a bad team out there in terms of they turned the ball over 27 times in this game, and a lot of it wasn't forced by Kansas. You know, we'll give our guys credit. Marcus Garrett, of course, had four steals, and uh, there were a couple great defensive plays by Kansas without question, but Chaminade also had a lot of traveling calls. They threw the ball out of bounds a lot. They threw the ball to Kansas a lot. They ended up with 27 turnovers. They kind of mirrored what Kansas did against Duke in the first game uh, in the Champions Classic back a few weeks ago. But anyway, Kansas with 24 points off those 16 Chaminade turnovers in the first half, and they led by 20. Second half, similar to the second half against East Tennessee State, was all about Yudoka Azabuki. Doke big time got involved in the second half. He only played seven minutes in the first half and was scoreless because of two fouls, and KU picked up the slack because of their guard play. But second half, Doke uh, dunks and finishes close to the basket. That is his bread and butter, and uh, he was he was doing that. Even had a left-handed lay-in in there, and Yudoka ended up with 15 second-half points. Isaiah Moss is three, put Kansas up 66 to 40, and then David McCormick got uh, got involved late. Uh, McCormick kind of got got a little bit of the the uh, end of game minutes, you could say. So he wasn't facing maybe <clears throat> excuse me wasn't facing maybe Shamanad's best. But that being said, he had some nice moves in there. He had three consecutive baskets, and what you love about David is the energy that he shows. He We'll hear from him next segment, too. He talks about getting on the floor and how that's a part of Kansas' culture. Well, he had three straight baskets. One was a follow jam to put the Hawks up 28. He had a left-handed baby hook, put Kansas up 70-40, to 40, and then another basket. So three straight baskets by David McCormick, kind of about midway through the second half of this one. Christian Brown and Tristan Inaruna didn't have their best games as KU freshmen, but Brown, give him credit, he kept fighting. He ended up with seven points. He had a big three to put the Hawks up 30 at 75 to 45 and eventually walk-ons and some more turnovers for Kansas as guys came in late but shout out to Michael Jankovic he had another three and Elijah Elliott he had his first three-pointer of the year as Kansas closed out Chaminade 93 to 63 and now the Jayhawks are going to take on the BYU Cougars who knocked off UCLA last night we'll go over that game next segment as well but very happy, of course, to see Kansas come out and not have to deal with the the uh, team that Michigan State had to deal with first off because you gotta you gotta be worried when you're facing a team like Virginia Tech. Kansas gets the draw of Chaminade, and you don't want to take that for granted because Virginia Tech is now six and zero, and they've got a lot of guys. And when you're facing Chaminade, you know that you overmatch them in many different areas. So that was a plus that Kansas essentially got a. Uh, a win automatically in the first round so that they wouldn't have to worry about going to the loser's bracket, something that Michigan State is going to have to do. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors, at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. KU over Shamadon 93-63. to We'll hear from Bill Self and the guys after this break. This is Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. There were two other Big 12 teams in action yesterday. Of course, holiday tournaments in full swing, and they were both losers. K-State falls to Pittsburgh 63-59. to The Panthers are now coached 
by Jeff Capel, and they improved to 5-2 and two with the four-point win. K-State suffers their first loss of the season. Wildcats now 4-1. and one. Leading scorer for K-State was Cartier Jada. He had 13 points, 6 assists, but it took him 14 field goal attempts to get those 13 points. Dewan Gordon had 12 points for the Cats, and Xavier Sneed had just 8 on 3 of 13 shooting as K-State falls to Pitt. And then Oklahoma, they got down 14 to nothing to Stanford. You'd think it was a football game with that score, but the Cardinal got out big on the hardwood, and they won 73-54 to as they did not look back. Not OU's best performance. They got 17 points from Austin Reeves on 6 of 14 shooting, 12 points for Alondis Williams, and 10 points from Brady Manick. But they fall by 19 at Sprint Center in the Hall of Fame Classic, the same Classic that Missouri fell in handily to Butler yesterday, and tonight it'll actually be the Sooners and the Tigers hooking up as OU against Missouri is the first game of the Big 12 slate tonight, that game at 6 o'clock at Sprint Center, so that'll at least be a good uh, good crowd in all likelihood for that one. West Virginia is in Mexico for the Cancun Challenge, and they tip off tonight at 7.30 against UNI. TCU is in Vegas for the MGM Resorts main event. They play at 8 against Wyoming. <clears throat> and KU, of course, against BYU tonight, 9.30 Central Time. Jayhawks took care of Chaminade in the quarterfinals of the Maui Jim Maui Invitational last night, 93-63. to And here are Bill Self's thoughts after the game. I don't think we played great, but I don't think we played uh, poorly either. I, th- I thought Chaminade did a good job of getting after us and... and uh, you know, I, I, I think the game was much closer than the score at halftime, and, and uh, we were able to get the ball inside to dope the second half, which was a big bonus for us. But certainly happy to advance, and, and uh, you know, what an atmosphere for a, for an opening round game like this. And, and uh, you know, the games have been obviously great so far. The game this afternoon was incredible, and but we'll look forward to playing whoever whoever uh, we get uh, because we know either one will be a tough opponent. And that opponent, indeed, will be the BYU Cougars, who we'll get into in the final segment. But first, let's take a look at uh, some of the final numbers from the game last night. 30-point KU victory. Devon Dotson led the way with 19 points on 7 of 12 shooting. 3 of 7 from deep for Devon. Five boards. He did only have one assist, which was uh, kind of interesting to see. I'm sure that number will be uh, heightened the next couple of days in the Maui Invitational. Other scores in double figures, there were five in total for Kansas. Yudoka Azubuki had 15 on 7 of 8 shooting. All of those came in the second half for Big Doke. Isaiah Moss off the bench had 13 points. He was 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. And then Ochai Abaji had 11 points. He didn't play too much in the second half. He played about 26 minutes in this game. And David McCormick, who played a lot of minutes late, had 10 points. So those are the double-digit scores for the Jayhawks. And Isaiah Moss who Kansas did not have in that game against Duke, if you'll remember. Very impressive. 13 points, 3 of 4 from deep, and he's just a pure shooter. Here's Bill Self after the game talking about Isaiah. If he can make 50% of his threes, that's a huge bonus for us. And uh, uh, I actually thought he looked the quickest he's looked uh, since he's pulled his hamstring. And, and uh, you know, to me, the best play uh, uh, was when he ran down a loose ball because that you know he kind of had to stretch out to do that. So I, I think that should give him some confidence as well. And it's good that coach brought that up. That's one thing that I noticed for this team. You know, Kansas was going to win this game. Everybody knew that it probably wasn't going to be close, and it wasn't. 
But the Jayhawks are out there. They're on the floor. They're fighting for loose balls. And that's what it's about at University of Kansas. And the guys on this team, they know that that's what Coach Self is looking for. One of the guys who it seems like is always all over the court with his energy and his length is David McCormick. Here's David after the game talking about how the effort that KU shows is just a part of the culture. It's a part of our culture is always competing. Like Coach talks about the difference in trying and competing. And competing is actually having that production and making sure, just not thinking about going for a loose ball, but making sure that you try to save it or dive for it or get that extra possession. And that's just the culture that we have among our team. Indeed it was. Kansas turned it over 14 times. Of course, some of those came late as Michael Jankovic and Elijah Elliott each turned the ball over late in this one. But Chaminade turned it over 27 times, and KU got a lot of points off turnovers in this game, 36 total points off turnovers, including 24 in the first half. Take a look at some of the shooting numbers. Kansas shot 55% from the field. Chaminade actually was decent as well. They shot 46% from the field, but KU got up 19 more shots because of the turnover differential. Three-point percentage, KU was 12 of 29, 41%. This on the heels of the 1 of 14 performance against ETSU last Tuesday. So that was good to see. And Chaminade shot 33% from beyond the arc. KU, again, some struggles at the free throw line. They were 5 out of 11 from the line. Marcus Garrett was 2 of 4. 0 for 1 apiece for Inaruna Brown, and DeSosa, Yudoka Azubuki was one for two. So kind of interesting. Some misses from the charity stripe. Hopefully something that KU can correct beginning tonight against BYU. Go back to that three-point percentage. And that's what that's what it's all about for the Jayhawks this year, right? It was all about not being able to hit down as many threes as they needed to last year. Charlie Moore, Quentin Grimes, KJ Lawson just did not bring to this team what Kansas had hoped. And then when you lost LeGerald Vick, you knew that you were losing a big amount of production, at least from behind the arc. Well, Ochai Abaji, one of those guys who's a pure scorer, he's going to score in many different ways, including hitting threes, and he had been struggling the last two games shooting. I don't think it affected his confidence or anything like that. He's a scorer. He's going to score. We know it's going to come back to be a part of Ochai's game, and it came back last night. He had eight big points in the first half, essentially in a row. He had 11 points in the game in total. Knocked down a couple threes as well. Here's Bill Self talking about Ochai. I thought he, he played fine. Uh, uh, I thought I th- actually thought he and Dot and Marcus were all pretty good the first half. Uh, the second half, I don't think anybody got any rhythm offensively like like they were the first, like those three were in the first half. And, and Doe got a little bit better second half. But, uh, you know, Ochai's a good player and a good scorer. And, uh, he made a three, and, and, and that dunk he made in transition was pretty impressive, too. That, that, those plays, you know, obviously give you confidence, and he seemed like they, they have a lot more tonight. Ochai was four of nine from the field in this game, three of six from three. For the second straight game, this Kansas team also dominated in the paint. They had 54 points in the paint against ETSU and 50 in the paint against Chaminade. A lot of that coming in the second half. Yudoka Azubuki and then David McCormick late for KU, and that's where this team wants to be on offense. They want to be down low in the paint using their bigs as an advantage, particularly against smaller teams. That was the case. Self still not happy about how this team looks on the court with two bigs out there. So we're kind of stuck in this. We're going to rotate Doak and Silvio and David at the five. And, you know, that's going to leave some guys without playing much. Silvio DeSosa just played 11 minutes last night. Uh, Doak eventually 
got his groove. He only played 19 minutes because of the first half. And then David McCormick played 17 minutes. So just not a lot of minutes to go around when you're only playing one big. That being said, KU still dominant in the paint with that one big when they're running that system. So that is good to see. Coming up after the break, we'll take a look at the NBA Jayhawks from last night's game. And we'll dive deep on KU's opponent tonight, the BYU Cougars. That's all next on Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dive into tonight's Jayhawks opponent, BYU, after we take a look at the Jayhawks in the NBA. Had a handful of Hawks in action last night. Joel Embiid, perhaps the most bizarre box score of his life. 32 scoreless minutes for Embiid. He was 0 of 11 from the field, including 0 of 4 from 3, and also missed all three of his free throws. Uh, 13 rebounds for Embiid, so that's a positive, but you almost never see that with the guy who we think is going to be a perennial all-star in the league. So he'll wash that one away as the Sixers fell to the Raptors. Other Jayhawks in action, Andrew Wiggins, 25 points, 6 boards for the T-Wolves. Devontae Graham had 16 points and 8 assists for the Hornets. And then the Pistons also played. Markeith Morris got 17 minutes. He had 5 points. And Fima Kyluke, he hit four threes, 12 points for the Pistons last night. So good to see Svee who's been kind of up and down in terms of his, his minutes and everything. Good to see him get out there, knock down some shots. That's certainly one of the main reasons that keeps him on the Pistons roster. So always a guy we cheer for in Jayhawk Nation. All right, let's take a look at the BYU Cougars. They're 4-2. and two. They're coached by first-year head coach Mark Pope. He comes from Utah Valley. BYU last night won 78-63 to over UCLA in the nightcap of the quarterfinals of the Maui Jim Maui Invitational. Game was really close. Game was actually tied late, but BYU, they were hitting some shots. And by that, I mean some deep shots, some crazy acrobatic shots. I mean, it was kind of crazy watching that second half, but they did everything they needed to do. And when all was said and done, the Cougars shot 62% from the field in that game against UCLA, 31 of 50 and that includes 9 of 18 from deep. There were 7 of 8 at the free throw line as well. BYU pulled away late. They led by as many as 20 late in this game. So they can shoot. We know that for sure. BYU was led by Jake Toulson. He had 20 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 3 of 7 from deep. A pair of threes also for Tyler Hawes, otherwise known as TJ. And Nixon also had two threes. Three and double figures for BYU. 20 from Toulson, 15 from Hawes, and then Colby Lee. Their token big now had 13 points on 6 of 7 from the field. I say Colby Lee is their token big because BYU is without a guy who is named to the preseason top 50 wooden award watch list in Yoeli Childs. This is a guy who is a beast. He averaged 22 points and 10 boards, averaged those numbers last season for BYU. And the NCAA did what they do. They suspended Childs. He's out the first nine games of the season, which includes the duration of this Maui Invitational. The NCAA determined that Childs uh, was not in compliance with the new rules instituted last season, how student-athletes can now sign with an agent and retain their eligibility. Apparently, Childs 
hired an agent before filing the proper paperwork and Childs, you know, would come out and say to the media, quote, there was some confusion with this new process and I made decisions that have caused an outcome that none of us like. I just want everyone to know that my intent was never to do something wrong. End quote. So what happened was last March, Childs declared for the 2019 NBA draft and signed with an agent while exploring his options. And agents were permitted to cover certain expenses during that time. But one of the questions was whether Childs' chosen agent was certified by the NCAA. So I don't know. It's it's very confusing to me, as I is everybody in Jayhawk Nation specifically, and a lot of people around the country. You know how do, how do you decide? How does the NCAA decide that hey, Childs gets nine games, but Chase Young, the Ohio State defensive end, gets two games? Which, by the way, were against the bottom feeders in the Big Ten, Maryland and Rutgers, on the gridiron. And then, of course, you have James Wiseman. He got suspended. I think it was 12 games, but they were trying to get it down to nine, something to that effect, whereas Silvio DeSosa, when he got suspended for a smaller sum in a similar situation, got two years. So it really doesn't make any sense. But bottom line in terms of this game tonight is that Childs will not be playing for the Cougars. So they're going to rely on those guards, Jake Toulson, who averaged 17 points a game, and TJ Hawes, who averages 12 and a half points a game. It's going to be a rebound by committee situation for BYU. No player on their team without Childs averages more than five a game. So I envision this being another four-guard situation for Kansas. I think if it was UCLA, we would have seen more of the too-big look for the Jayhawks. But I envision a lot of four-guards, again, as there's going to be a lot of guards out there for BYU. And KU, their bigs have not proven yet the ability to, to stay on the field, stay on the court to a point where Bill Self is happy with it. So that'll be something to look out for this team. As I said in their game last night, they can shoot well from three. So that'll be a point of emphasis as well for the Jayhawks. All-time series, Kansas is 3-1 against the Cougars, but they have not played since 1993. That was the NCAA Midwest Regional. Kansas won 90-76 in the second round en route to a Final Four appearance. Rex Walters led that Jayhawk team with 28 points in that game. He was 9 of 15 from the field. Five Jayhawks ran double figures as the Hawks defeated the Cougars by 14 back in 93, 26 years since these teams have met on the hardwood. All right, Kansas and BYU tonight, 9.30 Central Time. The winner gets the championship game, which is at 4 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. Of course, we'll preview that should the Jayhawks advance. We'll preview whoever KU's opponent is tomorrow on the show, whether they win or lose. Of course, they'll play tomorrow no matter what, but we're going to plan on it being the championship game if they can hopefully knock down these Cougars tonight. 4 o'clock tomorrow would be the championship game. Tomorrow's show, we're going to obviously recap tonight's game against BYU, and then we'll take a look at the opponent. Might have some special uh, Thanksgiving previews on tomorrow's show as well, as uh, there will be no show on Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to all, but we'll be back the Locked On Jayhawks on Friday show, so be sure to tune in to that. Thanks so much for tuning in, and Rock Chalk, this is the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk.